All right, everybody, welcome back. So let's get your minds right because we have an awesome three-part series coming out. What the fluid? What WTF? WTF? What the what, fluid? Yeah. So Jason, I think it'd be really it'd be a really good idea to go ahead and give everybody an expectation of what they can get out of the next three episodes when we discuss what the fluid. Yeah. So of course we've we've covered a lot of. Uh, evidence-based medicine. You can't see me using the air quotes. And unfortunately, <laughs> evidence-based medicine, the term evidence-based medicine has become um, kind of a, just a clicky uh, thing of anybody, you know, it says, uh, well, it's, it's based on data or the data show, or mm -hmm. this is evidence-based medicine. Uh, you know, we've, we've talked about that, that anybody, anytime anybody says that we should call them on it. We should yeah. say, then show me, show me the evidence. And, and so when we talk about things like fluid, uh, you know, the other thing that we talked about was EMS being part of a system or EMS, ER, definitive care or whatnot is all part of a system. And I think we've got to really look at what we do on the front end, how that affects the patient through the entire system to definitive care. Uh, you know, whether that's cardiogenic shock or being a cath lab, hemorrhagic shock, and they're going to be in surgery. Um, um, and, uh, any other forms of shock, you know, septic shock, they're going to be in, in critical care. And the, the way they treat the patient definitively is going to be based on how the patient was treated in uh, the ED, um, and ultimately how they were treated in EMS. So what we do in EMS really, really matters. Mm -hmm. And we have to really look at, uh, the evidence on what does the evidence say on how we should be treating these patients? So, yeah, I, th I think that's incredibly important. And I think another piece that they can take away is we need to look at the patient and be able to critically think and say, what is causing this shock? Is it a vessel problem, a pump problem, or maybe it's a volume problem? But as we're learning, that volume problem is becoming less and less and less. So the takeaway from these three episodes is... If it's not a volume problem, you can't fix it with volume. In fact, you make it worse. Right. And unfortunately, um, just over the years, fluid is all we've had to treat blood pressure. Yeah, we have some we have some pressors, but I think people are reluctant to use pressors that, uh, you know, we start saying things like we have to prime the pump mm. or you have to make sure that the fluid's there before you can press it. And, you know, I think we have to look at the uh, the pathophysiology of what is happening in that shock, you know. Fluid doesn't have to be our go-to. Unfortunately, it has been. Uh, but, you know, there's the the saying that when all you have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. <laughs> so when we start saying, oh, the patient's hypotensive, our first go-to is fluids mm. because that's really the only thing that we've had in our bag of tricks. And, um, you know, it's kind of like uh, what we talked about with, with epinephrine, that you can get a pulse back from a rock with enough epinephrine. You can get the blood pressure up with enough fluids. But if we declare that uh, now they are no longer hypotensive because we flooded them with fluid, our job is done. Well, that's just not a good thing. We have to understand what giving that fluid actually is going to do. So anytime I think, you know, we hear that uh, patients coming in or, you know, the patient received uh, a liter of fluid, two liters of fluid, oh, three liters of fluid, <laughs> our first reaction should be WTF. Yep. What the fluid? <laughs> yes, you should follow with what the fluid, just to make sure there's no yes. miscommunication. Just say it out loud. Even if you're transferring care in the ED, what the fluid? And everybody just look at you and raise an eyebrow and <laughs> think you're brilliant. Um, and, and something you talked about, too, that I think is paramount for this situation or for the, the next three episodes is to take away the fact that anything we do with, in medicine 
comes with a cost. Mm-hmm. There's a cost for anything. So what is the cost of dumping in fluids? Yeah, especially in shock. Anything we do to help treat the shock is going to make their shock worse until they can get to definitive care. So that's why, you know, in this three-part series, we're going to dissect these out. We're going to do cardiogenic shock Mm. uh, and then a really good episode on hemorrhagic shock uh, and then follow it up with septic shock. And how do we, how do we look at those three different forms of shock differently? And should the treatment change based on that form of shock? Absolutely. So yeah, folks, If you listen to the next three episodes and you have a question, send it in. We want to know what you think. We want to know what your questions are because we know that everybody operates under different protocols and has different standards. So send it in. And I think if we get enough questions, don't you think we could probably do an episode answering the questions? Yeah, I think we we absolutely will. And we'll come back with uh, not only the experts that we've spoken with, but uh, we'll actually provide the data behind why those recommendations are out or why those discussions are being had. Boom. Data. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Sounds good. So, all right, folks, go ahead and listen. First up on deck, cardiogenic shock. We'll see you then.